0: Hello beautiful light beam. I'm so happy that you stumbled upon this wee podcast. Soul-Led, Spirit-Driven is your guide, your companion on your spiritual journey. Together, let's explore past lives, life lessons, karmic cycles. Let's learn how to navigate through this earthly life. And together with my astral team, ECHO, I hope to make each episode as potent and as informative as I possibly can so that you can slowly unpack all that is human till you get to that beautiful center that is your soul so you can see yourself in your true magnificence okay let's begin Hello, beautiful light beam. I hope that you've enjoyed the money series so far. This week we are talking to Lena Papadopoulos, who is a life purpose and leadership coach, but she uses evolutionary evolutionary astrology to help heart-centered mission-driven visionaries and change makers uncover their soul's purpose and unlock their personal power so who better to ask whether a money situation a money stories are written in the stars is it a purpose to dislike money to never have enough money or can we kind of change it so this week lena papadopoulos is going to go very deep on that with us and i can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. So without further ado, here is Lena. So hello everyone. This is another episode in the money series that I am delighted to Bring you over the next few weeks because I enjoy talking to different spiritual people, facilitators, and just getting their perspective on how they see money, what, uh, how. Perhaps they can help us to turn around a negative story around money. And today I have Lena Papadopoulos with me. And Lena has been on the podcast a couple of times, more probably than a couple of times. And I'm so delighted to have you back here, Lena. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And, and um, we kind of know about you. We've heard your story uh, a little bit. We had your uh, life purpose session, uh, you know, unfolding here on, uh, on this podcast. But can you just give us perhaps a few little points for those listeners who perhaps um, are not familiar with you or perhaps are just joining us in this episode?
1: Mm, yeah, so... I am a life purpose and leadership coach. And my work is really aimed at supporting heart-centered, soul-led, purpose-driven people um, to embrace their gifts and alchemize their pain into power and potential and share their magic as medicine with the world. Um, And one of the tools that I use in my work is astrology, um, evolutionary astrology specifically. So um, for my approach, we kind of have like two paths to purpose or almost like two types of purpose. And one um, is our life's purpose, which is really the expression of our truth and our essence in the world. Um, and the other is our soul's purpose, which is really peeling back the layers of conditioning and programming and navigating the human experience um, in order to learn partic- particular lessons that we can teach others, um, just like a return to soul. And I think it's really through that, through our soul's purpose, that we. Um, are really able to express our life's purpose in a powerful aligned way um, yeah
0: well fantastic thank you and and today in this in this um, I keep saying session I feel like we're in session but I mean episode I've been saying that oh my gosh Um. I mean in this episode I would love for you to draw uh, from both your your tools that you use, astrology, but also the wisdom that you have and um, being this sort of uh, life purpose coach. Um, but before we get into that, perhaps you could share with the listeners, what was your story around money maybe growing up to how it is now in case it's different? Um, if you want to share anything just, to, just so we can get a picture of like, where you sit with this Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so there (laughs) there are so many layers i think to my money story um i was yeah i was the child of immigrants my parents were greek they immigrated to the u.s i grew up there um and you know there's kind of like a particular narrative around money or resources or security and, and really, um, following a particular path to be successful and to have financial safety. Um, so there was that kind of layer. Then there was actually the fact that we did have money. My family was, I would say, like very financially secure. But money was used as a tool as a tool for control and manipulation, primarily by my dad. Um, and so he really he would use it against me and my mom,, um, yeah, as this way to kind of hold it over our heads or almost like to buy love or, you know, if we were, not acting in the way that he wanted or expected, it was like we, it was because we were ungrateful for his financial contributions. And so there was just like this cloud in that sense. And then because he very much used money to control my mother um, and also like wouldn't let her work, she was kind of like stuck in this situation of actually being in a very, unsafe situation but feeling like she couldn't leave it because um she wasn't really like educated she didn't have degrees um she it would be difficult for her to find a job and she felt almost like stuck in that marriage because she wanted myself and my sister to be taken care of and so there was kind of like this yeah, this like being stuck between a rock and a hard place for me of you know receiving support, receiving financial support comes with a price that you will have to pay for this in some other way. So it feels unsafe to be supported. And then on the other hand, for my mom, I'm internaling this internalizing this message of like, and not only is it unsafe to be supported by others, but you also, like, it's not possible to make it on your own. Um, and so it's really, I mean, it's interesting how it play has played into my life over the course of my life. And even presently, because actually within my own chart, my money experience, um, is key and central and core to my soul's purpose. And, it's very evident how that conditioning through my my family experience really plays into that evolutionary journey of my soul and the lessons I'm supposed to be learning and what I'm supposed to be, yeah, just what I'm really supposed to be stepping into in this lifetime. Um, and so, yeah, the the money is like a very significant part of my chart. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: So thank you, uh, thank you, Lena, for sharing this because, um, <clears throat> and there's so many wonderful points that you've touched on. But um, it was really important to me to set the foundation, like the playing field, for our listeners who, you know, might think that you and I, because we have perhaps access to these tools or abilities or connections or anything that perhaps we don't have these problems at all ever, you know, or stories and and your story. I mean, I could could really feel it, especially from your mom's perspective, because I mean, I'm a family of immigrants as well. Um, And being in a foreign country as well adds to it, right? Like we really feel stuck. probably more than if you were in your own country where you have maybe a bigger support network is not the language barrier. Um, but it's interesting that, um, that your money story is tied up to your chart. So where are you at with this now? Because, and I guess the reason I'm asking is, if let's say someone has something similar in their chart, does that mean they're doomed and they will forever have this or like are you is it are you even trying like wanting to change it or is there no point
1: (laughs) um so I mean from my perspective if for something somebody with something similar it's not like a doomsday sentence kind of thing like I am aware based on my chart and how all the pieces fit together, that this is going to be a big part of my journey and probably always will be in some shape or form, even as I like, let's say I ascend or elevate to like a new level of being able to hold money. I mean, it's gonna come with different challenges and layers and self-doubts. I mean, it's. I think it's always gonna be part of my journey, but not necessarily that it has to be a struggle or a really negative thing, because also with the chart, I I do, as you said, like it's a tool. And so I can learn through the chart, what are the ways that I can, I can work with this challenge in a healthier way, in a more supportive way, in a more ease-filled way? Um, I mean, yes, I do think like in my case, it's always going to be present um as like a theme in my life but not necessarily right that i'm i'm always going to suffer because of this it's really something from which i can draw a lot of power if i if i choose to really engage with that soul lesson right mm-hmm. um and so in my case i have very like i have very significant placements in the second house and in the eighth house and those are the two houses connected to money in the birth chart. So the second house is very connected to um, our own income, the money we generate for ourselves, um, our sense of security and safety and, and really it's connected to themes of survival, but also like our self-worth, our self-esteem, our personal values, and how that plays a role in our money story. And then the eighth house, it's opposite is really representative more of, in many cases, other people's money or other people's resources and our access to those resources or, investments or inheritance like it's somehow connected to um the unexpected money as well uh could be it could be this is also like the eighth house is quite hidden and taboo so there could be elements of like secrecy around money or yeah the unexpected like things that are kind of hidden or in the dark and so i have both my pluto and my South node in the eighth house, meaning I'm coming with a very strong past life um, signature around those themes. And my Pluto polarity point and my North node are in the second house. So I'm really working toward those themes. And so what that really means (laughs) is that with the 8th house my past life experiences have been very marked by having access to other people's resources and being in positions of favor or like being you know the the counselor or the advice giver to somebody who had a lot of power and was in a position of influence and so i was very supported but on other like through other people's resources and because my eighth house is also in the sign of Scorpio which is like a double whammy because eighth house is also Scorpio energy and the planet Pluto there which is also Scorpionic energy there's just like themes of Betrayal and control and manipulation and abuse and misuse. And so even though I had this access to money, um, people used it against me, right? And this is like is mirrored in the relationship I had with my dad and the experience, I had. Yeah. right? And what I'm moving toward in the second house um, is really learning to establish my own financial security to create my own resources and to do that from a place of Mm self-worth and and really believing that that's possible for me so it's also interesting that I inherit kind of this belief from my mother like that you can't do it on your own because my journey is meant to be disentangling myself from Mm -hmm. other people's resources in order to create my own but also using discernment around when is it safe or not safe to receive support from someone else? Because I also don't think I'm supposed to completely like cut out other people, right? I can also be supported like through connections and through relationships, but the point is not to be dependent on that or to become enmeshed with those people. I'm really meant to be building my own foundations rooted in my own self-worth. And so for me, (laughs) the flow of money is very tied to the the degree to which I believe in myself and I have confidence in myself and I trust in myself. Um, And so those have been yeah, just like really big aspects of, of what I've been learning in this life. That's um, so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting
0: to me because from like um, the kashik record, or like from the self perspective it's interesting that we call these sort of the karmic cycles, right? So you've had lifetimes where you had access to other people's resources, but there's a certain thing attached to it. And then in this lifetime, uh, you know, and no doubt that your parents played maybe some roles with you in those past lifetimes, but then you chose them in this lifetime. Again, Um, your dad, the controlling one, let's say, and then your mom going like, you know, you can't do it. And yet, that is your purpose to kind of um break that soul contract almost because it's almost like mm, and we say this like we never break uh cords with our family members because we have these cords in order to um continue working together and drawing and giving energy but we can break a soul contract if because you know you guys have written out a soul contract before coming here that is okay i'm going to be the controlling one i'm going to you know support you by telling you you can't do it there's no way and then you have to break away from this but sometimes the easiest way to break away from this in the human life is not by trying to rely on maybe my parents will change maybe if i do this they will finally you know see that this is Worth it or that I can do it, but rather kind of going like, all right, I love you, but I'm going to be over here doing my stuff, you know, becoming sort of independent or relying on using your resources to make the money, and then you can, um you know, heal that energetic, whatever it is, perhaps for your mom or for your dad because they will see this, right? But often, and I'm using you as an example here later because it just fascinated me, but. Mm, often I guess we we get stuck in this uh my mom doesn't believe in me my dad doesn't love me you know he's controlling I can't rely on them I can't come with them I can't come to them with any ideas because they don't believe in me and we just get so trapped in it so bringing landing the plane I can see through our many conversations that the mm, chat that you do isn't like here it is you doomed. this is what it says but rather kind of goes like oh so i'm meant to do this or break away from this and even though this is ongoing it's kind of like helping me to evolve because there's this there's a hurdle okay i can get over the hurdle that's how i saw it everything that you were saying i hope that's kind of but yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly and like that is really I mean, across all the charts that I work with uh, at the core of it all, like every soul is really learning and trying to break free of past life limitations, right? Or attachments or something that's keeping them stuck or in particular patterns or loops. So if we notice that we have patterns with money, right? Like there is probably a message there of like there's something we're meant to be doing differently and so we need to like shift our perspective reorient start to think about it in a different way relate to it in a different way um and like I always tell the people I work with like imagine yourself in an actual relationship with whatever it is and in this case money so if you and money are in a partnership like what kind of partner are you being to your money? And that can reveal a lot about our, our patterns, our unhealthy like tendencies or the dynamic that we um, yeah, that we tend to like create or recreate with money um, or any other thing, insert X, you know. That answers
0: yeah. my next question. How do you view <laughs>
1: money? I love that
0: you just went in there. So if, if someone is now having a negative money story because I, I believe as well um, that acknowledging and first of all, I guess, seeing the pattern or the root and then acknowledging it, it's already like 80% of the work is done and um, So let's say someone knows I've got a bit of a money story or scarcity story. um, And it's I can see how it's playing out in my life. And I do really desperately want to turn this around. Now, you started taking us down that trail already by saying see yourself in a relationship with money um what else would you say because you know how it is when we're in the trenches that's when this so-called woo-woo staff is like no that's not going to work you know I need to maybe pick up extra shifts or get another job or everything's hopeless I'll never get anything you know and it's always going to be like this for me what would you say would be then like uh, maybe the next thing that they could do once they start seeing themselves in a relationship with money, or maybe you can explore that
1: a little bit with us So I think I think I mean, one of the most powerful aspects of exploring the relationship with money in that way is, as you said, like the awareness that comes about, right? And then a lot of times, what happens once people become more aware of the actual relationship they have with money or the dynamic that is playing out, they start to feel guilty or shameful, or you know, like, ah, oh, duh, I should know better, or like, I'm stupid for continuing to do this thing again and again. Right? There's a lot of like self judgment or criticism or punishment or self-blame that happens. And that like further disconnects us from our truth or from um, spirit or, you know, it just like further, it creates more internal division and disconnection. And so then we, you know, we're almost like fragmented. Whereas if we, acknowledge and understand, okay, whatever this pattern is, because anytime really that I think we're engaging in patterns, we somehow learned to do that to either because, you know, it is, it is like part of what is familiar to us and we internalize particular, um, patterns that then play out in different ways in our lives or we really developed those patterns as a protective mechanism, as a way to create a sense of safety for ourselves. So when we can recognize like, oh, either I created this pattern to serve me actually originally, or I absorbed this pattern through the patriarchy or capitalism or religion or whatever it is that has influenced me like okay now I can understand why it's happening and especially if it's the case of like I've done this to create safety for myself or to protect myself then you know the the key there is to have self-compassion towards oneself it's really about self-forgiveness and like yeah, the compassion of, okay, I understand why you did that. And there's not a reason to feel guilty or shameful or to judge yourself or criticize yourself. It's just like, hey, now I have this awareness, which empowers me to make a different choice, right? To create a new dynamic, to reshape my relationship with money. Um, And I think that's really how we move forward is by embracing the parts of ourselves that have have maybe engaged in ways that we like deem like wrong or bad or negative in some way um and to embrace those parts of ourselves with love right because that is it's through the integration of all parts of us that we really return to wholeness which is I mean, ultimately, I think why we're trying to learn these lessons on our soul's journey, right? It's to it's return.
0: Yeah. And and I think a lot of um, people think they need to like, especially when you hear yogis talk about ascension or um you know becoming sort of this higher version that you feel like, oh crap. I will never do get to that in this lifetime, you know. Um, but actually it's not about that, it's about kind of coming full circle to feeling love and feeling whole here, where it's really hard. I mean, it's easy where you know our souls are up there, not in a physical body spirit heaven whatever we want to call this um when we co- connect with the sea of consciousness again it's easy to feel fulfilled and love and and whole but then when you come here you are so far removed from, from it um and I do believe that we get caught up in the human stuff here and the you know material things which isn't a judgment it's fine because we're here to play it's like it's like taking a child to a toy store but saying you can't play with the toys. You can just look at them. So I feel like that's what we're here to do and play and play with money and play with, um, you know, like if, if you want cars or houses or whatever it is that you want. And I do believe, though, that depending on a soul's evolution, you will care a lot about this or you will not care so much about this but maybe about experiences. Again, it's – and there's no judgment. It's just where your soul's at. But um, my question now, Lena, to you is, um, so some people, I feel like there's two groups of people, um, people who believe you have to work hard for money, you have to be doing the things to have money. Um, You know, if you – if you don't work or if you don't work X amount of of, of hours or as hard as, you're not going to make it, you know, you're not going to. And this goes for studying, getting a good university degree, becoming high ranking, whatever. So there's that group of people. But there's also a group of people I've noticed who believe in the energetics and money is... Um, Yes, it's the physical thing, but actually money is energy. Um, and so they believe more in if you create a state of being within you that is harmonious to the money, whatever the money uh, you desire, um, that will just come. Now, my personal experience um, has been working hard did not necessarily bring me more money. But I have more experience that doing the inner work, what you've described, but also energetically manipulating energy, I had evidence where the money that I didn't expect to get that day like showed up. So I used to work as a Petition mesh stylist so on Sunday I'll open up my diary and I could see okay I've got let's say 10 appointments or 20 appointments booked in so roughly this is going to bring me this much money, some might cancel some walk ins, but I knew how much money I can expect. When I started doing what I'm doing now. Um, the Akashic Master said you have to forget about that because that's not how this works. So they said to me, you can't open your diary and go by what's there because and they actually showed me I was out with my family, having a day off, we were doing stuff, and two people booked a session in, and I'm like, I don't even know where they came from, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm always grateful for that. But what I'm trying to say is I have more evidence. If we look at evidence, I have more evidence that the energetics worked for me more than the hard work. But I would love to know what your take on this is.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I, you know, the saying as above, so below, as within, so without. So I really think that our, outer world is a reflection of our inner world and so I mean again like even with my own money experience right what in my chart and in my purpose generating this this thing outside of me this this money is really dependent on how I view myself and how I relate to myself Um, and I think like You know, if my outer world is a reflection of my inner world, then if my belief is that I have to work really hard for money, well, that then is true in my lived experience because my lived experience is a reflection of my, the belief that I hold. So I have to work really hard for money and energetically, I may actually be creating the conditions to keep me in that place because, like you said, gathering the evidence, right? If somebody is holding on to that belief, then they are gathering evidence from the world around them that that belief is true. And then they unconsciously behave in a way that reinforces that belief. So the inner world creates the outer world. And so, yeah, I think like so much of it is really about the inner work that we're doing, the beliefs that we're holding around money, the beliefs we're holding about ourselves in relation to money and what's possible for us and what we're capable of. Um, and so I would say that also, like in my experience, there is like a very strong connection between the energetics and the beliefs and, you know the frequency I'm emitting because of my beliefs
0: yeah I love that you said that in these particular words the inner and the outer well I love that because I mean that deeply resonated with me but I also I just want to say um like even when I was outlining um the group that you know believes the hard work and stuff like the previous generations you know pre war post war um especially the post war again from an akashic perspective those were souls who came down here to start building rebuilding laying down foundations and they went about emotions or um, spirituality so much. They were a little bit more disconnected, but they agreed to come down here and just basically do the hard work to kind of rebuild the structure so that the next lot of souls that will come is going to be able to smooth out the pathways and, and start bringing in that light and energy. And then, of course, the third one, which is like now... I, I believe from uh, late 19, uh, 1990s, uh maybe beginning of two thousand, they are here to really elevate it, really bringing that new earth. You know, because of all the other ones. So there was. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, I this again. I don't want to judge anyone who does believe in that because you know if it works and also with gratitude to those who did rebuild a lot of structures you know for us because they believed in that but i think as um, we rise up and as the frequency on earth changes it is no longer required but yet it is still embedded in a lot of us and we're trying to shed this I think and so someone like you um I feel is so paramount to this because you can really help shine you know a light on this is what's happening this is how you can shed all this so I really um I mean, again, I'm grateful that you're here. We're having this conversation. Um, but would I be right in assuming that um, aside from sort of focusing on a life purpose, if someone felt that there was some money stories and they wanted to know whether um, it's, you know, written in the stars for them or how they can, you know, change it, whether they could come and see you for that too?
1: Yeah, well, I typically... My readings are focused on soul's purpose so if that is connected to somebody's purpose in some way, it will come through I don't typically like personally like if somebody wants to come and have a reading around money I wouldn't necessarily do something like that again because I'm not like an astrologer per se <laughs> like in, yeah. I um I'm just using astrology in a very specific way in my work so I'm not offering like a wide, variety of types of readings like most astrologers would um but almost everybody has some theme or signature connected to money in their soul's evolutionary journey so even if it's not a central focus like it is in my chart for example um it will still likely be present in some way, somehow through um, the conditioning, the relationship with caregivers, um, the trauma signatures that come in through past lives and the way we kind of like carry those on with us. Um, Sometimes it's connected to people's like skipped steps or particular like challenges they faced in past lives that there's still sort of like progress that that needs to be made in that area um so it really does almost always come through in some way but it like at least in the way that I'm offering readings it's very varied as to how significant it because, is I mean it
0: could be an entrepreneur or someone who's like I've been struggling to get this business off the ground and for some reason I'm coming up against roadblocks, books or I can't whatever, you know, and I don't understand what's happening, you know, or they say, you know, they could say um, I start things, I don't finish things, you know, and I kind of always, um, you know, spend money, get excited, dive in, and then like nothing comes of it and I never seem to make money. Um, so I guess those people, if they if they came to you and you looked at their um, chart from purpose perspective, that would probably give you and them I guess insights into what is happening what the roadblocks are yeah or like someone who is stuck at a particular level and wanting to advance to the next one but they don't know how because whatever they
1: try doesn't work right yeah and actually I mean in the case of most people I've worked with who are actually entrepreneurs their career or their money is playing some kind of important role in their chart and in their journey um and like just for example the the most recent reading i did um this person's sort of like core purpose the the core evolutionary desire of the soul is to learn to create yeah to create safety and security for herself um and and that i mean there's like a lot of childhood conditioning that created a feeling of insecurity and a lack of safety in different ways like emotionally physically financially um and so this like this aspect of her journey is actually very connected to her career and the work that she does in the world. And the more that she learns how to find a sense of safety from within, the more her money's going to flow. And it's actually like for her, um, very connected, like the, um, um, her experience of transformation is very connected to her career and the ways in which she's kind of pushed towards the lesson she meant she's meant to be learning is that she often experiences a feeling of of stuckness um of like not being able to move forward or like confusion, a lack of clarity around what she's actually supposed to be doing in her work or career. So she's been doing a lot of experimenting and she has had her own business for years but she's taken on so many different like roles and actually like been had within the one business so many different businesses Um, and it's frustrating to her. And when she experiences frustration for her when it's connected to work, it's a sign that she needs to revisit stuff from her childhood because the two are very connected. So everything is, you know, everything is interconnected. It's all playing off of that other thing. It's all feeding into something else. I mean, um, so there are always kind of these lines that we can draw to see this relationship between different parts of our lives and how they really speak to each other.
0: Wow, that was quite powerful. Oh my gosh, so much resonance. Um, Leda, is there anything that uh, you wish I asked you today that I didn't,
1: that you might want to plug in or share? Um, well, I think I will just share for people. I mean, maybe you need to have like a, a basic understanding of astrology, right, to be able to look at your own chart, but um, just to share kind of the key points within the chart that actually point to money in some way. Okay, nice. um, yeah, it it is, like I said, the second and eighth house. Yeah. Um, so depending on like what planets are there or what real- aspects they're making to other planets, like the second and eighth house are really important in connection to money. Um, also... The signs of Taurus and Scorpio can be very connected to to resources. Um, And then the 10th house, which connects to our career and the Midheaven, which is most often in the 10th house, but well, that depends, not always. Um, But so the 10th house and then the Midheaven, because the Midheaven is the career angle. um, So that can tell us something about our money And then also the planets of Jupiter and Venus. And Jupiter is really where we have um, the potential to like expand and to experience abundance. Uh, But it can also be a planet connected to excessiveness or overindulgence. So it's something like to be mindful there. And then Venus connects a lot to it can be connected to money, but also like our values and how our values is uh, specifically connect to our money experience. Um, So those are like the key points in the chart that tell us about our money. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, thank you so much for sharing this. I was like taking notes. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing this and um, I will link everything up, of course, but for anyone listening right now who wants to like quickly switch over and find you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so on my website or my Instagram primarily, and both of those are Lena Papadopoulos, and I know you will share uh, the links. Yeah, we'll put
0: the links in there so you can find them in the show notes or wherever you're watching this, if you're on YouTube watching this uh, interview. Um, you can you can find uh, all the details to Lena as well. Oh my gosh, it was as always a pleasure. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was so enriching, so expanding. Uh, I've taken my notes. Um, so I'm gonna go now. <laughs> Check. <laughs> um, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time, your presence, and everyone else. I will be back with you next week. Bye for now.